Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the No More Leadership BS podcast. My name is Jeff Geyer. And I'm here with the incredible Myra Hall, Jeff McLaughlin, Dr. Sam Jennings, and my good friend, Jeff Conroy. Jeff's going to lead us. We have a lot of Jeffs, three Jeffs, but Jeff Conroy, we, we just call him Conroy. He's the only one in the group that doesn't have any hair. So um, that's, but you can't see that in the podcast, I guess. So I don't, don't even know why I told you that. Anyway, Conroy is going to talk to us today. Is that a HIPAA violation? No, I find it different. You can hear the baldness in his voice. Going to lead us in a conversation today about motivating others. And this is one thing that I know Conroy is, has lots of experience at and is really good. So take it away, Mr. Con. Thank you, Mr. Geyer. It is great to see the four of you guys. We We record these podcasts about every other week or so. So I don't get to see these guys all that often. So it's nice to see everybody. Today, I have been tasked with kind of debunking the motivational myth, motivating your team and getting great stuff out of them, and uh, everybody will be happy. A lot of times during the hierarchical top-down days, the idea was just bring people on, tell them what they got to do and let them and, and micromanage them, make sure they do their job. In this day and age, I don't believe that is working any longer. I believe in motivating your team. I believe in uh, a lot hiring people to do a job and let them do their job. There is a great book by Carol Quinn called Motivation Based Interviewing. I've actually met Carol and talked with about her with about her book. I was I was at a seminar and I sat next to her, and uh, she her idea is you don't hire people to motivate them; you hire motivated people. And her book talks about. Asking those questions that are going to get the most out of the most out of them that you can make a better decision. Everyone asks of ask the questions, what's your biggest success? What's your biggest failure? But nobody asks questions such as, what is your biggest motivation at work? And what is your biggest accomplishment? And how did you do it? Did you bring other people around? How did you bring other people around? Because that's important. Because just saying, yes, I was successful but not explaining how you were successful. You were successful because you brought other people around you. That makes you somebody that people want to work with. And those are the people that I want to surround myself with. We talk about books like The Five Dysfunctions and we talk about creating magic and leadership, the leadership challenge and the seven, uh, seven habits and the art of happiness and things like that. They all talk about delegating to your team. They all talk about your people being in on the decision-making process. And I actually did that. We had an event where we had 1,500 people show up at this event, and I had seven people put the event on. Seven, seven people and myself as a team 
put this event on. And it was a very successful event. And we were all shocked that the seven or eight of us could actually put this off or put this on. And looking back over drinks afterwards and looking at it, it was done because when I was organizing this event, I pulled them together. They were part of the ground floor. They were part of where are we going to hold this event? They were part of creating the script of the timeline of when we're going to do this and when we're going to do that. And when do we pick people up and when do the lights come on and when do we open the ticket booth? They were part of creating the program and the tickets. And they actually got to do some special events, special meet and greets with our key speaker. So they were all part of the group. And there was an, an enormous feeling of team and accomplishment when it's over with. I mean, this happened in 2017. And I know the eight of us are still talking about it because it's one of those rare moments. So it's one of those, for me, it's, I want to continue doing that because I've seen the benefits of it. Now, getting people to do it, that's built on trust. That's built on mindset. That's built on, are you doing what you say you're going to do? Because everyone's watching that. So I brought the team together and said, I want to put this event on. How are we going to do it? I equate it to putting a, a blank piece of paper in the middle of the table and say, here is a blank piece of paper. What can we add to it? And then someone says, oh, I'm going to put a square. And then someone else says, I'm going to put a triangle. And everyone goes around and everyone has input on it. And uh, when you're all done, you've got a beautiful work of art. And that's what, exactly what happened. So uh, the benefits are amazing. The attitude is amazing. The culture that you're creating is amazing. If you can make everybody part of the process. And then in my opinion, what's your guys' experience with that? And I hope it wasn't as long as Mr. Geyer. <laughs> well, I have, I have, a, I've always thought, well, what's your take on this, Jeff? Because I think you're right when you can get just a small handful of people and they're motivated. So I've always thought I, I couldn't motivate someone because I, I think motive is an internal thing that people have to bring their own motivation, but I can certainly create environments and cultures that, that allow that motivation or support it or encourage it. So how did you, were those people already motivated or how did you motivate them or what did you do to create a spot where they could yeah. expose their motivation? That's a, that's a great point because you're not going to walk into a room and say, I'm going to motivate you today. It doesn't work that way. It was seven people who over the course of eight or nine years that I'd had, I've learned to trust and I can work with. And these are the people that I could, that I had confidence in. And I just said, Hey, I'm going to put this event together. You guys, what you guys want to be a part of this event. It's just kind of taking the trust and everything I've done with them to the trust level and take it to the next level. So it, it all started with, let me impart a vision upon you. And that was, I want to bring Lee Cockrell, the executive vice president of Walt Disney World. I want to bring them to North Idaho. How are we going to do it? And we just talked about it and we threw it up on the whiteboard. And then the next thing I did was I, I emailed Lee <laughs> and he said, yeah, we'll do it. So then the next meeting was the next week. I said, okay, let me tell you a funny story. And I told him the story of what I did. And I said, so I guess we're doing it. So the look of the look of it on the faces around the table was hilarious. But I said, okay, let's design an amazing program. What do we want to do? So we, that's where they came up. Let's have a breakfast just for the sponsors and let's have a VIP uh, wine event. And then the night after, let's, let's have something for the board of directors the, the night before. They're the ones that we all talked about putting the, the, the whole thing together. And this took, seriously, it took about six months to put together for a two and a half day event with 1500 people. So 
they were on the ground floor from the very beginning because I asked their opinion. What do you think? Tell me, let's throw it up on the wall. Throw spaghetti on the wall and let's see what sticks. And, and that's essentially how it started. And so they were motivated. You just created an environment that that motivation could, could come out. Sure. I had a board member when I was talking about it at the board of directors meeting, I had a board member literally say to me, I have no idea who this guy is, but I'm excited because you're excited. There you go. You know? And and that's a lot of it. That's there's, there's your mindset. Well, a, part, a huge part of it is it helps give them ownership. Yeah. And as soon as they have ownership, it's theirs. Their name is on it. They're going to be a part of something great and they will motivate themselves because nobody wants to do something. I'm of the mindset that nobody wants to do something that sucks. Exactly. Don't want to do stuff. Yeah. They want to do things that are fun, that are engaging, that make the difference. And if you can empower them to, to do their best work, to work together as a team, to create something amazing that has a positive influence and effect on and massive impact on a bunch of people, people want to be a part of something successful like that. And exactly. they didn't micromanage them. You let them, you took their input yeah. and you said, well, wait, all together, it's not just me making decisions. It's us. Yeah. And that, and that's huge. Well, and, and, and that's, excuse me, <clears throat> that's the definition to me of a servant leader is leading others who don't know they're being led. And that's what I wanted to do, to do there is I wanted to be a team creation. And they had input on the design of the cover of the program. They had design, everything, but they also got to have one-on-ones with Lee and they, they got to be on the ground floor. So it, what it did from then on out, it showed me if I can do this, this is what happens. It was a learning moment for me. And as a leader, I believe you're always learning. So it was one of the, so everything I, I've done from here then on out to the today is uh, it's always done with small groups. It's not Jeff leading in a vacuum. It's Jeff working with a small group of people. It's more fun that way. I think you, oh yeah may skip over one of the most important points here. And I, I don't want it to get swept under the rug. You got together with them and you let them have input where you wanted to go and what they can contribute. And the very next thing, you didn't just sit there on a conversation. You didn't come back to them the next day and let's make this look better. You took action. Yeah. You took what you took action, you sent the email and they knew that you were serious. Mm-hmm. So now they could trust that you were the person that was going was to get out on top of the tree and tell if you were in the right jungle or not because you took action. Right. Well, we met on every week to go over. Everybody had tasks to do. And we went over those tasks and we always called it plussing. Uh, plussing is a thing that we, we stole from Disney. It's to me, how do you make it better? You've got a great plan. Let's plus it. How do we make it better? You know, it's, it's never a done deal. It's, well, this is a really great program. How can we make it better? You never, we, and never once did we say, I think we're there because you're never there. You can always make it better. And everybody's input was valued. And that's important too, is everyone's got to feel like their opinion is valued. And it's how, how long would you have stayed in that, in that never ending circle of let's do this. And what will it look like if you had not have taken action? Immediate action. All talk, no action. I mean, that's, yeah. it would, it would, you will, and I would have lost credibility. Well, and, and my point I'm trying to drive home here is yes, you have to in, include everybody because they're your team. But if there is no action, there is no, no result. You're just but, in a but, social circle. But how many leaders don't include their team? And, and that's absolutely true. 
And that's where the Crystal Palace thing comes in. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I remember when I first started it, they said, oh, you're sitting here in the Crystal Palace. Hell, I've taken the door off my off my office. I mean, just because I don't want to be seen as the Crystal Palace. That's why I, I, I MBWA and managed by walking around, getting to know the people, building relationships, because that's where leadership happens is within the within the relationship. And I think we can all agree with that. Mm-hmm. Example, a little bit of an inverse story to this is there's not an idea I had, but I was advising a student group, you know, back in the day, and this organization was not doing well. And everybody knew. It. And we ended up getting a few years in and they started showing some real promise, but not enough time had kind of elapsed to really demonstrate their competence with what they were doing. They wanted to host a small conference. I said, no, we're, look, look at us. We're not there yet. Give it a year and then we'll do it. And so we thumb wrestled and debated a little bit and one of the more influential members turned to me and said, let this be our thing. So, oh, um, okay. If that's how y'all feel, then I'm on board as your advisor. So I'm quote, unquote the boss in this scenario. So yeah, well, let's do this. And from that point forward, it was me putting my weight behind their initiative. And making sure they had tools they heal, relationships yes. they needed. There you go. And they were getting their tasks done yep. in their ear, right? I'm not barking out in front of a group and saying, on the side, you know, one-on-one, how you know, how's the platform? Making sure they are in charge of their process. And when this thing got done, not only was it successful, but people really couldn't believe how smoothly it ran. And then our evaluations came out and demonstrated that exact same thing. And so I told the students when we were all wrapped up and I had the evaluation scores before I showed them the scores, I said, a, nobody's perfect because that's just how numbers work. And B, brace yourselves. And they got <laughs> feedback. They're like, wow. I mean, and it was all them. It was all their work. Yeah. They brought their energy. They brought their motivation. All I did was keep the fire burning. Yeah. But isn't that our job as leaders? It's so fun. I always say, you know, in the nonprofit world, it's staff-driven, volunteer-led. It's our job to make sure that we're still going down the street, but they're the, they're the gas and they're the headlights and they're the steering wheel. That's that's the best part of the job is when uh, when a plan comes together. You know, yep. love it when a plan comes together. Well, and then the then the morale and their confidence and their attitude is incredibly positive. You know, our job as leaders is to create more leaders, and I just created seven more leaders out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Who now have a process of how do I lead others? Because this is what I've seen, what I've been a part of, how I've been empowered, yeah. how to do things the yeah. right way. Yeah. But it's trial and error. It took me 20 plus years to get there, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, you you read about it. Like I said, all the leadership books talk about delegation and empowerment, you know, right. the, the, the seven habits and leadership challenge and creating magic. They all talk about it, but until you actually do it, reading about it is easy. Mm-hmm. Actually putting it in motion with seven different people with seven different opinions and seven different par- background paradigms and seven big, seven different attitudes. Oh, that's a different, that's a different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a huge point. I'm so glad you brought it up because I'm not sure we address that very often. You know, the things that we talk about, we've done as a result of trial and error in most cases. Oh yeah. And emphasis on the error. You know, so we, we learn by doing it. And so just because uh, dear listeners, you hear this and you think, Hey, these dudes can do it. So, Let's just go out and do this exact same thing where I read it in whichever leadership is in the airport today. And it's not that simple. No. It's okay to try and fail and learn and try again. And that's yeah. part of the process. And it's, yep. it's quite fun. Nobody likes to fall in their face. Like, okay, well, I can now see how I can avoid that. I could, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. 
and multiple things I say, oh, I wish I could have done that better. Back when I was working in the Boy Scouts, I mean, we would do fundraising and I'd create football fields and with person from 10% to 100% and individual people and how are they doing and they're running it down the field and I'd have all sorts of fun and stuff like that. But I'm having a great time, <laughs> you know, I'm designing this stuff and I'm creating stuff and this is a lot of fun. <laughs> but, but the people around me are going, Conroy's crazy. Right. You know, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to go out and raise money. You know, I don't want to do that stuff, but it's, it, <laughs> but that's when I, that's the, the story. When I say a leader on a, a leader on a, uh, who's, who's lead who's out on a journey by himself is on a long, lonely journey when nobody else is following you. Right. And that's exactly what was happening. And, and so, yeah, it's one of those, okay, well, I learned that. Now let's bring the other, let's bring another piece into it yep. and see how this right. goes. So 20 years. I mean, it took me over 20 years to figure mm-hmm. this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yep. just had this conversation last week with somebody about education versus experience. Yeah. And, you know, when somebody's fresh out of, lear- of learning experience, I don't want to say out of college, but any learning experience, you're anxious to go, you got all the answers, and then you fall flat on your face. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and in the converse, if somebody's got all the energy and all the enthusiasm in the world, and they don't have the knowledge, yep. I-, I guarantee you, they're going to get the knowledge. It's be the easy way. Yep. So the way that I can't, because I think in pictures, it's just one of my weird qualities is I think knowledge, when you're getting knowledge, you're getting dots. You know, you're getting dots here. You're learning pieces. When you get experience, you're connecting the dots. Oh, um, yeah. And I don't, you, you have to have the dots and you have to have them connected to make sense of it. Yeah, right. And then just sort of sets up what you have to say Jeff, on that, it took 20 years. Well, you had you had a, an experience of having some some of the dots and getting dots along the way yep. and and then connecting them and seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah, tri- it's trial and error. I mean, it, re- it really is. And, but you've got to be able to err. Right. You know, and, and be allowed to err. I mean, I've, I've had some wonderful, amazing, beautiful board members that'll sit there and go, okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the things when I was director of the United Way, <laughs> Costco, who we do not get sponsored by, Costco, uh, just came, I get, became friends with the marketing director at Costco. And he, he says, hey, we can customize water bottles with the United Way logo on it. And I go, oh, let's do that. Then he goes, well, the minimum order is 50,000 bottles. Right. I said, well, <laughs> we'll do that. We got, we got summer stuff coming on. We'll be getting rid of 50,000 bottles. When the 50,000 bottles showed up, the the literally with the white caps on top, you know, the white caps were amazing. I was like, holy crap, the pallets, the pallets of all this water <laughs> and the book. So we, we were hawking water everywhere. And then there's an expiration date on water. I don't know if you guys know that. There's an expiration date on bottled water. You know, that's when mosquitoes show up. I'm joking. But, that, but, um, but there's an expiration date. I mean, we were selling dollar bottle of water, but we eventually got rid of all 50,000 bottles. We donated a lot to the food mm-hmm. banks and stuff. It was a cool idea. I said, man, we can make 50 grand on this. It only costs us like 20 grand to get it, but it's like 50 grand. I'm like, this would be kind of a great little fundraiser. That's a hell of a lot of water. It's a lot of water. I, I can tell you, I did that in 2003 and I have not done water since. <laughs> so, so if somebody's lit, people that are listening to this podcast, maybe a, an aspiring leader or somebody who is in their first portion of leadership or first responsibility of leadership, Here's us talking about, oh my goodness, it's going to take me 20 years yeah. to get enough experience to be good at this. How, how can they short 
Here's a, here's a question for you. How can they short circuit that? How can, how can you make it go fast? I know how I did it. How do you make it go faster? Uh, I'm not sure you can. I mean, you need to have the experiences. You need to fail, but you need to be, you need to keep that vision in. To me, you need to have that vision in mind. You need to be slow and methodical and let bring your people around you and work with your group as a team. No leader ever can lead on as, on alone. So to, to create the team, to create the we, contact a coach, uh, get, get a business coach to help you with that as well. I think that's really important. And ask the questions on how can I do that? Everyone of the five of us have all had major successes working with team and we may have all gone about it the different way. <laughs> Guy, you're killing me. Um, but give your folks the, the opportunity to fail, delegate with your people, uh, Listener, you got to know that there's chatting going on, and it's just <laughs> no elks, baby. So well, please, I'm going to say to me to answer Jeff's question: Is there a way to to expedite the process of leadership? Yes, fail fast, fail frequently. Get a coach, get a mentor. Yeah, have a there you go, and a, a group of people that you can be like, I just fell flat on my face. If you can okay. analyze your mistakes and learn quickly, the yeah. faster you can fail, the quicker you're going to learn things, and. You know, I, I was lucky when I was I started off speaking, I had a coach with me the whole time who had more experience than me. And so we would analyze the speech. How did it go? What, you did this, you stood here, you did this. There was the mechanics of it that once I got the mechanics down, now it came down to the fine, like the little word choice of things. This word works better here. This gets a better laugh. This gets more emotional impact. And my growth was exponentially quicker than if I was trying to do those things on my own. So Get a team of people that have experience in the field and the things that you're going through so that you can expedite the process. It, the reason it takes us so long is because we're stubborn guys with used to have hair and some of us still have hair. And, uh, but it doesn't have to take 20 years to be a great leader. You can expedite the process. You do have to have the experiences though. And the more experiences you can have with leadership with positive or negative experiences, that just, that, that puts arrows in your quiver. So get the people around you and yeah, it's still going to take time, but you can do it much quicker if you have a team of people that are helping you out because yep. life is easier that way. And that's what I wanted to say. So Myra's going to cut up my mumblings a little bit ago. Thank you, Myra, for doing that. <laughs> if you have any questions for us, we would love to hear from you, especially after this episode, email us at askus at leadershipbs.co anytime, ask questions. And one of us will most definitely answer you back. Thanks for listening in. And until next time, we'll see you then. Bye, Bye everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.